told you to keep it down in there. If I hear one more word, you're getting head cheese for dinner, and I mean it. I can juggle machetes. Man, I ate the brown acid at Woodstock. You liar. Standing around on the corners, asking questions. Why are you standing on the corner? Acting the way you act, looking like you look. Why do you look that way? They ask me, and I always say, I don't know.
to three in the morning. You know, you can say it backwards, which is Docious Alley, Expiistic, Fragicali, Rufus, but that's going a bit too far, don't you think? Indubitable. You ask too many questions. Well, I'd give $10,000 just to see you in a bathing suit. I don't believe you have $10,000. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets Closets are are for clothes. clothes. Closets Are For Clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. Every Wednesday on WCBN from 6 until 7 p.m. Brought Brought to you by two two people who have have all the class of a flea circus. Tune in for news, interviews, and reviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. Join your hosts, Christy Cardinal and Dan Burns, every Wednesday on WCBN. Uh, Dan, you're still on my foot. Oh, sorry. We're on. We no. are. Oh, we wow. Are. Okay. I got a, I got the high sign from Alex. Woohoo! He pointed at me. Oh, uh, what so, am I, chopped liver? Well, actually, he was pointing at both of us. <laughs> I was just the only one looking. That's right. So this is Closets Are For Clothes. It's Wednesday, September 6th. Um, even though you're not listening, happy birthday, Jane. I know she's not Aww, listening. Aw, happy birthday, Jane. My friend Jane's birthday. Aww. So I want to make sure I wish her happy birthday because exactly. I... Well, now that we're up doing podcasting, she can right. I can tell her later to download the show, and she'll hear that exactly. Um, and it's so it's Wednesday, September sixth, two thousand six. Yeah. And I'm Christy, and this is Dan. Yes. And it's his closets are for clothes. I'm glad to be back. Woohoo! So where have you been? Well, I went to No Lose, which is the. um, you know the big fat queer thing that happens every summer ish. (laughs) <laughs> so is it really all queer? I mean, is there any straight people there, or if they are, they aren't telling anybody. Oh, I mean, it would it, be not fashionable. No, it's just the it's a very queer space. Oh, okay. And so there may be people who are queer-ish, but 
mostly have sex or affection for the opposite or the different gender than their own, but okay, they are queer minded. I guess. Okay. So oh okay gotcha. So they're queer minded. Yeah. They were born with queer in their mind. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And so. it was super fun. It was at this weird Buddhist retreat center in, oh, that's in right. the Catskills. And while that was fun, I would never recommend going anywhere in the Catskills to get there after dark. Oh. Because. Oh. No electricity. It's very dark there. <laughs> extremely dark and extremely windy roads. Oh, no. And we had quite an adventure. The thing is, you know, like Google Maps and MapQuest and whatnot, they always do the most, um, the shortest number of miles directions. That's their kind of typical yes. thing. Yeah. Well, that can take you down some serious goat paths. Like, oh. it won't take you, necessarily keep you all on the main roads to get there. Oh, no. And it'll, so it'll just say, like, like for example, the very, one of the very last turns we had to make was on the street called East Street, which would then turn in to Woodland Valley Drive, which was the road we were, that the place was located, was on. located on. Well, East, Woodland Valley Drive actually merges with East Street. Okay. And so if we'd have gone just a little further down the highway, we would have turned onto Woodland Valley Drive. Oh. But because MapQuest wants you to go the shortest number of miles, they right. had to turn on East Street. Well, we got lost looking for East Street. Oh, no. And oh, ended no. up finding Woodland Valley Drive. Oh, no. And we're like, well, that's the street we're supposed to be on anyway. Right, right. Uh, it was so, we've decided that we're going to go old school with road trips from now on, and we're going to AAA and getting those triptychs, you know? Oh, yes. The highlighted map and whatnot. Yes. Because they didn't ever steer you wrong. No, that's for sure. They'd even like help you avoid uh, construction, construction and, and whatever. So that's what we're doing from now on. We're saying, forget this MapQuest business. Yep. I'll just use it for in-town stuff. Because in-town stuff, I understand. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because yes. it's just finding that address that I need help with. I yes. can get to general areas. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, yeah, MapQuest was no good. But I did have a great time at No Lose. I think it was one of the best yet. Oh, wow. Um, it was my fifth one, I believe. Oh, my goodness. Um, And I... I did enjoy the hell out of it. We had a really, really good time. Um, although it did rain a little and it was too chilly to swim. Oh. Which is sad because the swimming is naked at No Loose. Oh. And it was too cold even with a bathing suit on. But otherwise. So the water was colder than the air or was it when you got yes. out? Oh, okay. So there were, wow, no heat, heat to pool or anything like that. No, no, not so much. It oh, wasn't. Man. But there was, they have a great staff who was very solicitous of us and loved having us there and thought right. we were really fun. And we were really fun. Well, I've always, I um, mean, come on. I know I, the exactly. people I know that go to it are fun. Exactly. So. so. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's where I was. Um, we're back now. I got new glasses. I was going to say, I, I was going to comment as I'm looking yeah. across the table here. I'm like, these are different. Yeah, they're totally punk They're, they're rock. very rock star yeah. glasses. I really like them a lot. And what uh, precipitated this or, or inspired well, the uh, change? Well, I have a new prescription. Oh, okay. That's that one helps. Of them. Yeah. But the other things that precipitated is I've never liked my old glasses. Never oh, liked them. Oh, okay. And so you'll, you'll probably remember over the last couple of years I've worn my contacts almost exclusively. You're right. And that's not historically been my 
my way. Oh. Historically, I alternate back and forth almost every other day. Okay. Like, depending on my outfit or my mood or whatever, right. I alternate all the time. Okay. Um, which is good because my contacts are really expensive, so that makes them last a long time because <laughs> um, I have an astigmatism. But oh, okay. Also... I just, I don't mind wearing glasses. It's never been an issue. I just like to be able to switch it up. Well, I've always hated those glasses and I've never wanted to wear them unless like I absolutely had to. My eyes were too tired to wear my contacts, I whatever. Or my allergies were bothering me or I knew I was going to see a sad movie, whatever. Like right. all those reasons. The other issue is, is that they were also very scratched up Oh. because I, when I got them, I don't know if this is a known fact to you, but my my lovely partner, who is beautiful and kind and smart and funny, is as cheap as hell. Oh, okay. And so when we were getting my last pair of glasses, she's like, you don't need the scratch coating on there, whatever. Within two weeks, there were giant scratches on my lenses. Right. So, I was wearing scratched glasses um, for far too long. And excuse me. Sorry. Well, good morning. Glad you could join yeah, us. I know. I'm glad I be. I'm glad to be here. So I've decided. I decided that it was time to replace my scratched up ugly glasses. Okay. And I got these really hot, sexy ones. Ah. Uh, I think they're hot and sexy anyway. Right. Right. So yeah. Wow. So how are you, Dan? Well, I'm. I'm doing okay. I'm a little stressed out with uh, just the various things that are going on in my life, and just um. Well, in your job, I mean, school started this week. That's so, right. Of course. Yes. Um, so, oh, what'd they say? Huh? What'd they say? Someone's laughing. They think what we're talking about is funny. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That's all they See, said. And you're telling me that nobody listens. I never said that. Yeah. Well, just I before the like, show. I said like three people listen. <laughs> so one of them is emailing you um, yes. as we're talking. And saying, teehee. <laughs> so at No Lose, like, was there any big things that kind of like happened or, or like... Uh, well, Heather it, McAllister was there. She's oh, the great. keynote address. Well, a, a past... Uh, co- uh, co-host, co-host of the show. That's right. Um, and has been battling cancer for a long time now. Um, and she was the keynote speaker and it was very good. Good. Uh, very, very good, actually. It was one of my favorite parts. Um, lots of flirting. Wonderful. Always fun. I'm a big flirt, so you know I love that stuff. Hello. Yes. Um, I have this friend. Her name is Zoe, and she's a total, she's the smartest person I know, hands down. I mean, oh, wow. She's very, very intellectual and also very smart. She can, like, abstract her abstract thinking skills are just beyond compare wow really really appreciate her intelligence she also has to be happens to be incredibly hot like she's a total package you know wow yeah um and i'm not saying that to disparage anyone else no or compare or anything like that she's just really beautiful okay and she is she's we're good friends through with no through no lose and, um, you know, we've always had like a weird flirt thing, like, uh, she flirts with me cause I'm completely non-threatening to her. Right. right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. You're in a committed relationship. Right. You're not going to be doing anything. Right. Yes. Well, and yeah, I'm just totally safe. And so she yes. can talk really dirty and flirty uh-huh. with me and it's like, I can do it back and it means nothing. Right. Nobody's going to get any wrong ideas or anything like that. Well, the second day we were there. Um, she asked if I would come wake her up in the morning because she forgot an alarm clock 
And we have, of course, Charlotte, which is an automatic natural alarm clock. Oh, yeah. Hello. And so we were able, I was like, sure. So I go and knock on her door at 8 a.m. as she requested. And she answered the door covered in just her comforter, like pulled up <laughs> to her chest. And she's all sleepy-eyed and tousle-haired. And I'm like, good morning. And she's like, hi, thanks for waking me up. Say, listen, do you guys have like an extra razor or something? Because I forgot to bring my razor. And I was like, well, I shave nothing, so I don't have one. Uh-oh. But I can check and see if Danielle does. Right. And she's like, okay, well, would you mind bringing it to me in the shower? I'm sorry. What she first said was, this may seem weird, but would you bring it to me in the shower? Oh, my goodness. And I was like, "That that that's not weird. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll and then in my head, I'm like, am I suddenly on the set of a porn movie? Yeah. Because this feels really pornographic to me. First, she answers the door in the comforter. Exactly. And so I was I was totally like, this is totally porn. Right, right, exactly. And so it began. So then later in the day, I said to her, I was like, "Do you have any idea how you know porno that was?" And uh-huh. she was like, "Well, it's not like it's hard to see me naked. You know, you've seen me naked a million times." She's just very oh, immodest. Okay. She's Got not it. like, you know, she we swim naked at No Lose. We've done other things, and I was like, "Yes, but you see, naked and wet is a whole other level of naked." Right. Yeah. You know, that's a that's another level of naked in the shower. You know. Yeah. What I'm well, I guess so, uh, wet. Because what about the pool? Well, wet is in wet and in a shower. Oh, like, okay. Got it. Okay. You know, that's yes, a whole, it's kind of pornographic yes. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So that became the joke of the weekend, the sort of, that I was needed to bring her things in the shower all the right, time. Right. Exactly. Um, and so she said to me earlier today, she sent me an email saying, I decided that I'd always need things in the shower and it would be great if you could always bring them to me. <laughs> So we need to build like a portal from Ann Arbor to New York City <laughs> so that you can just pop in it anytime you need to to bring me things in the shower. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. And it became kind of the joke. And I have friends who are visiting um, who are also no-lose people who are visiting and who know about this story. Uh-huh. And they were like, I just heard something about I have to bring you something in the shower. Yeah, right, while right. While I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what no-lose is all about. It's the, like the workshops and the keynotes and the, all the planned events are really fun. Right. But it's also the sort of connection with connections with people. And, totally. I mean, I really view no-lose, the no-lose people community as my community. Mm-hmm. And the people that, it's just like, it's like we've talked about Pride being a family reunion. It's, oh, yeah. It's very much a family reunion. Right. And, you know, there's always new members of the family. Right. Which is kind of cool. So. And I think it is a, a rejuvenate. I mean, you definitely seem to be rejuvenated after going to No mm-hmm. Lose. And so there's something about it that's just, uh, if you will allow, but um, just something good for your soul. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the chicken soup or for the soul. Yeah, I agree. Stuff. I totally agree. And um, I totally agree. And so, yeah. So, so we're going to have to postpone finding out more about how you are. We are, definitely. Well, like, I want to, I want to sp- talk about a little bit more about relationships when we get back. I love talking so, about relationships. Yeah. It's my favorite topic right now. All right. So let's go take a little break, and then we'll be back with uh, Kate from Eastern Michigan University. <laughs> We're back. 
back, aren't we? We are back. Holy moly, really that was a quick break. I like that laugh-in music. Yeah, I do. I feel like you should I tell really them like a joke. Like, like, I want to have you know. body paint and dance and stuff exactly. when I hear it. Exactly. Or open, the, open like a window and say, why did the chicken cross the road? Right. To teach the deer how to do it. Right, right. You know, things like that. And, and then Joanne Worley laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't she have the craziest laugh? She did. Not that either one of us are old enough to remember laughing. No, no. I've just seen it on the, you know, when we, on the like tapes Nick we run. Night yeah. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. So... Well, um, I, we're, we, I have the pleasure of um, joint speaking of laughing and comedians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> um, we have Kate, who is from the Eastern Michigan's uh, Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Resource Center. I bet she's not the comedian there, but more the coordinator of the program. Uh, welcome, Kate, to the program. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well, yeah. doing well. Well, school has definitely started, and um, I bet there are, like, tons of student activities that are happening all over campus. We do. We've got a pretty booked schedule um, already. Our first uh, first big event, we've got the Luau Fall Semester Kickoff Celebration, um, and that's going on on Monday, September 18th, and that's, that's open to everybody, so not just Eastern folks. Anybody in the community can come out to that. We've got oh, food nice. and games, prizes, it's going to be lots of fun, uh, and, nice. and that's, that is, let's see, that's Monday, September 18th at 5.30 at the Lake House. So that's a week from this coming Friday, and I guess being in, at the Lake House, you could be able to see the new uh, student union or student center that's going to be um, opening up soon. Yeah, yeah, and we're actually going to be moving in there, so that's oh, very nice. exciting. Oh, nice! That is cool. Yeah. yeah. So now, I, I speaking of this luau, I did realize. Now, I've always known. Now, to talk about things that I've always taken advantage of, is um, I've known about this luau at Eastern Michigan University for I don't know how long it's been going. Maybe five, six years now, and. I was reading in The Advocate, um, the book that just came out on the 100 best um, uh, universities and colleges that... Uh, for that the are, gay. For the gay, yeah, for the gay, yes. <laughs> and, um, and, of course, Eastern Michigan University was uh, named as one of the, uh, uh, what was the top, top 10, top 5? Or just well, we wish. We're hoping. That's what we're shooting for. No, we're just top 100. Oh, okay. In the top 100. And I guess they don't really rank them. They just alphabetize them, is I think what they did. But, well, they do, the, um, they do the gay point average. So uh, we've got, which I think that's kind of kind of clever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so we got, we got an 18 out of 20, which, would, which oh, is a lot. That so, is a uh, lot. That is a lot. Yeah, so um, so we, we're not really, um, I think they ranked the top 1 through 20, and then everyone else just, yeah, got oh, an alphabetical order and, and gotcha. got the gay point average. Gotcha. And and so that was the thing is that I noticed in the book, listed right on a thing, that, that students reported the one thing you have to do at the at Eastern Michigan University is go to the luau, the beginning of the fall semester, um, every year. That's awesome. And I thought, so wow. So I think you should say again when it is. Yeah, it's um, it's it's Monday, September 18th. Uh, from 5:30 to 7:30 at the Lake House, and and it is we get we get a big turnout because a lot of people are are new to campus or they're coming back after being home for the summer, and it's just a good chance for people to get to know people, meet new people, and and socialize and have a good time. Definitely, and I want to know how you get those prizes, but we'll, I guess you have to show up to find out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come and find out for the prizes. Oh man! And so, what else is going on in Eastern's campus? We also have a, uh, we've got our coming out support group again, and we're calling it the coming out, being out support group because 
really, you know, we recognize that coming out is a continuous process, ongoing process. So it's it's really for anyone in the LGBT community. Um, and that takes place every Tuesday at 530 um, in 237 King Hall, which is, which is right across from the LGBT Resource Center. And that's going to start up on September 19th. And, and so are these coming out groups really necessary? I mean, come on, everybody's out nowadays, aren't they? No, actually, a lot of people, um, a lot of people aren't out, and so they can come to the group. But we also have folks that are out, you know, maybe in certain communities, like their friends, to other students, but not to their family. And then we have people that come that are totally out, that you know, talk to people about their experiences that that haven't come out yet. Oh. So, so it's really for everybody. Okay. Okay. And so this, and this is, how is this geared out? Just to kind of exchange information, or is it to support people while they're in the process of coming out, or? Kind of all of the above. It's, um, it's a pretty informal group. Um, it is facilitated by our doctoral student therapist, um, and it's a drop-in group. So you don't have to sign up for anything. You can kind of come and check it out, see what you think, and, and it's pretty informal. People just go around and share their stories. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great. Wow. And this is for just Eastern Michigan students? Yeah, this okay. one is just EMU students. Okay. So those that are, are students that are listening to us, definitely. And how would they... Um, uh, do they need to call the the doctoral student that you have that's uh, working with you guys, or do they just call the office? Oh, to get involved with the group? Correct. Um, if, well, if they want more information, they can call our office um, at 487-4149, or um, it's, it's a drop-in group, so they can just show up on gotcha. Tuesday. On Tuesdays at 530. At 530, yep. And that's in King Hall, um, uh, across from the LGBT Resource Center. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and now, is, I'm sorry, I guess I was half listening. Was it uh, just, is it just the uh, men coming out or is it uh, all sexes? All sexes. Everybody. Okay. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everyone. Oh, good. Wow. This is great. And Indeed. what else is going, going to be coming up this year? Um, we also have, well, two other events that, that I wanted to share with you. We've got, um, we're starting back the LGBT discussion series. Uh, we're going to be doing our first discussion. We're actually having two discussions on the same topic, one at lunchtime, one in the evening, to accommodate more schedules. Um, and this one is called Real Men Are Not Homophobic. So. Oh, uh, really? Interesting. Yeah, and it's actually, there's a, um, there's a Facebook group at EMU, which is, I guess, all the rage. And, uh, and it's called, that's what it's called. It's called Real Men Are Not Homophobic. And we thought, wow. Maybe we should do a do a little discussion about that. So yeah. that's what we're gonna do, and um, uh, that that's gonna be taking place on Monday, uh, September twenty fifth at seven in the faculty room at McKenney, and then it's also gonna be taking place on Thursday, September twenty eighth at one o'clock in the main lounge at McKenney. So hopefully we can get you know two discussions. It'll be interesting to to see how they how they differ and how they're similar as well. And now, is this like is it uh, is it a panel discussion or is it just a group discuss- discussion about real men not being homophobic or? Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna um, not really a formal panel, just a pretty informal discussion um, that one of our our new grad assistant is actually going to facilitate. Okay, wow, and and again, how did this? How did you guys? But you said there was a book that you guys have, or it's um the the website Facebook, um, which is kind of like MySpace, but but for university and college students. Um, they they can create these social groups. Well, they're called groups, and they're 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 like networks. And and it was started um, by a student, and and that's what the name of the group. And so you know, students can join that group and talk about homophobia and the issues that go go along with it. 
And, um, and so that's what they did. So they've been having this online forum. So we decided to, you know, well, why not do it in person? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and wow. So do, do you by chance, I know probably the grad student is the one who is who probably came up with the idea, but do you know like what they were talking about in this uh, in this discussion group or on, online? Yeah, I'm curious to know that too. Like what the what the the facilitator's guide says, I guess, is a way to ask the question. Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I haven't seen the threads from the forum online, but I think that we're going to be talking about you know how kind of homophobia goes along with sexism and how you know. It's just perpetuated, and how how we stop it, and how you know straight men, as as well as you know straight women, can can be allies, things like that. I think those would be the topics that are. That okay. Are Interesting. Wow. And these are, and this is coming up on September twenty fifth and twenty eighth. Definitely. Um, I guess is it going to be on your website that these the the locations and the times. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you want our website address? Yeah. Yes, please, please do. <laughs> okay. It's uh, it's emis.edu slash LGBTRC. You can go there and get information about our student organizations, about all these events, and we've got a ton of stuff going on for outreach that, you know, I don't have to get into now, but that's all up on our website as well. Wow. And I I was actually curious about, because you said that those are the two events, or did you have another event that's coming up? We've got some stuff going on for outreach, and I can just give you kind of a brief overview. We're still trying to solidify... um, you know, the exact times that, uh, but we're bringing in Alex Olson, um, that's going to be our, our main event, uh, who's a, a poet, performance artist, so we're really excited about that. She's going to be coming in on that Monday, so October 9th. Their programming is um, the week of coming out day, which is October 11th. Oh, okay. Um, so we've got her, we've got, um, what else do we have? We have this thing we're starting, it's called the Last Lecture Series, and it's a collaboration between us and Campus Life and Holy Trinity Student Parish. And what it is is we have different professors on campus that we ask them, you know, if you could only give one more lecture before you died, what would it be? And oh, wow. Students, That's so. cool. Yeah, so one of the founding members of our LGBT advisory board is going to be the first one, and she uh, she's going to do hers as part of Outweek. So that's I think that's going to be wonderful. Oh, interesting! Wow, that would be an interesting topic. I'm just, yeah, it would what be. would be your last lecture if you would? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what advice would you give students? What you know? What are some of the lessons that you've learned in life that you would tell other people about? So I, I, I honestly, I can't wait for that. So. Yeah. yeah, I actually just as a an aside, when I was an undergraduate, um, there I had a professor who was retiring at the end of the semester, and he did exactly that. He said, "This is the last lecture I'm ever going to give, so I'm going to tell what I want to tell you." Wow. wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was really powerful, I felt like yeah. it felt it was he was a good professor, so it was helpful. You know, if he'd have been a turd, you know, yeah. like he wouldn't have been very <laughs> yeah, great. Really, but yeah. He was really good and he um he had a lot of insight into the university community having been there for so long. Um, so I think that that's a really wonderful idea, and I think the people who attend will get a lot out of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited because we've, we've never tried it before, so this will be the, the premiere. So that that's really cool. Yeah. Wow. And there's and there's and that's going to be the week of October 11th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dr. Kate Mahiran, she's the one giving the lecture. Hers will be that Wednesday, so October 11th. Okay. Um, and then Alice Olson is going to be on Monday, the 9th. And then we've also got lunchtime programming. We've got 
uh, coming out stories. We've got a concert featuring some of our student musicians and bands. Um, we've also got a rally about the election and the Michigan Civil Rights Initiative. So we've got we've got programming all all day and, and evening long. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like there's all kinds of things going to be happening on Eastern's campus. Yeah, it's it's going to be a busy semester, but I I'm really looking forward to it. Great, terrific. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Kate. Yeah, yeah, Kate, it's always a pleasure. It's been a while since you've been on, but we're glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, well, likewise. Thank you for having me. Yes. And oh, I see. Okay, that was uh, <laughs> technical difficulty. Uh, that is was, that my accent? Is that my accent? Yeah, apparently. Yes, <laughs> Get off the stage. <laughs> so just to repeat some things to be able to contact the Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender Resource Center on Eastern's campus. Uh, the phone number seven three four four eight seven four one four nine. Also, you could be able to get hold of them by um, their website, which is uh, edu slash LGBTRC. It's um, a very sexy website. Ah, there we it go. It is. It looks really nice. Great. And um, so, um, and I think, uh, the, the, and of course, you could always stop by King Hall um, and uh, see what they're up to. Right. Great. Thank you, Kate. Okay. Well, thank you both so much. Sure. Thank you. All, All right. right. Take care. So we're going to take a little break, and then I want to kind of ask you a little bit more about these relationships. relationships? Yes, exactly. Okay, I like talking about those. This is Keith Orr from Common Language Bookstore and The Out Bar. You're listening to Closets Are for Clothes on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 on your radio dial. And and you're right. And I didn't know how a mole puts on his pants. That's right. <laughs> you got to learn that stuff, man. It's important. Oh. So you were talking about how, like, okay, so you're in a committed relationship. and um, I am in a committed relationship, but that means a lot of different things. Okay. So explain people. how you define your committed relationship. Well, she's number one. That's oh. what it means. Okay. I mean, and it's different for everyone. I don't mean to say that I think... Just to clarify, like, you know, well, yes, we are in a committed relationship. We share our lives. Okay. But we also understand that there may be other things that need to happen from time to time. I did not realize that. I didn't know. <laughs> this, this is new information, folks. I did not know but this But it's about. also, I mean, that's, it's not like, there are some people who have relationships like that, that that means they're constantly on the prowl. Right, right. Exactly. And that's not what I'm saying. It's, yes. That's not what what I'm talking about, but... But if it ever did happen, it would be something where you two would talk about absolutely. it first, and then Absol- the, both parties yeah. would have to be... Okay, because then it would be considered yeah. an affair, if you will, if you right. didn't talk about it. There are no affairs. Of, there's no secrets. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, so like, that everything has to be upfront and talked about before anything Right. Can so committed, to me, doesn't mean necessarily monogamous, I guess, is okay. the way that I would say. Okay. But that doesn't mean that there aren't jealousies and whatnot. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. But, again, that interrupted your question. So no, I'm but sorry. that's exactly, it actually leads right into the question that I have. Is that one of the things that I found that was very, when I've talked to various people about 
um, what does a relationship mean to them? Or as I've been um, on the prowl, being single, um, you know, what does Isn't that... Isn't that a great term, on the prowl? On the prowl, yes, it is. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I kind of like that. Um, and, uh, um, and so there was a... Uh, and so I've been kind of like, you know, so so as I'm looking for various folks online or if I'm looking or if I'm talking to various people and I would go to parties where everybody's coupled, you know, does it mean that everybody's totally monogamous or right. it just happens to be there's their number one and I need to negotiate both partners versus just just the one right, right. Um, or being at straight parties and where the couples are very like, don't you dare be looking right. at another man. Don't you dare be looking at another woman. Um, it is just the two of us and not to, um, and not to break that. Um, I guess I'm leading into, I'm remembering now why I was having this conversation with myself about why, you know, what does a relationship mean? What does committed mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, because I think I was watching TV and there was one, there was like several different people on stage and one was like absolutely cut and dry that she does not think about other people. She does not think about other men. Um, she doesn't even dare allow that to enter her and enter her mind. Um, when they're having sex that she doesn't think of other people that her perfect man is the man that she married. Um, and, and that should be what his, um, uh, his thought about their relationship as well, where the other p- people that was up on stage were not married and where, but they don't, but they realize that they've, they've partnered up, that it's, that they don't need mm-hmm. a legal piece of paper to be able right, to say right. we're a couple. Um, and one apparently on stage has been together for like 24 years. Another one was on stage for like 17, well, has been in a relationship for 17 years, never really thought about it. Um, but it was really bothering this one person, that was um, in a relationship where you do not stray whatsoever. Well, that was one of the things I started realizing is that, and these were all straight couples. Well, th- mm-hmm. but I realized because on in my camping trip back in August, um, I realized that there were couples that were on the prowl, mm-hmm. and that but that was totally okay for them. Um, and how in some relationships in the LGBT community that is they may not necessarily do any play with other people but they are allowed to look they are allowed to flirt right. they are allowed to um just as long as it doesn't become sexual um that they that they can acknowledge a someone who is is good looking um that if there's a, mm-hmm. a if it's a male couple uh and if a, a gorgeous man walks by that they can acknowledge and look um uh, without the other partner being offended um and how they feel that that's just natural right. where i, I was I, where i i guess i come from a family where Oh no, once your husband or partner dies, you do not remarry, you do not think about having sex with another person. That's the, what I grew up with. And finding that that's v- very contradictory to one another. Mm-hmm. So I was just really, when you were talking about how you're able to flirt with other people and not necessarily have sex with her or, or engage in any play, that the playfulness was really just flirty and fun. But that's as far as it went mm-hmm. and and wondered how your process or how you think about it 
Uh, yeah, I think got you there. those are really cool questions. It's a really cool question. I like that. You know, uh, one of the things I've always appreciated about in my relationship, because I know what you're talking about when, you know, I have straight friends who've been afraid, who've acknowledged, like, I would never tell someone, my husband or my wife that I think somebody else is hot. Mm-hmm. I would never mention that I think that they're attractive. And like, I, you know, my partner and I have never had qualms about saying, wow. You know, yeah, like yeah. that person's really attractive <laughs> or um, I really like her eyes or I like right. something else or whatever. You right. Know? Yeah. Never had an issue with saying that to each other. And um, I mean, I think some of it, I think some of it has to do with the fact that I see a, a lot of competition. You know, it's about competition. Dating is about competition right. in a kind of unhealthy way for straight folks like you know, there's only so many available men, so I have to be, if I get my hands on one, I better do everything I can not to let him go. Or right. there's only so many available women, so I have to do whatever I can. Right. Um, and this, like, sort of insecurity f- that's fed by that competition. The other stuff is, like, the, some of the other things, like the flirting, I, you know, it's not always safe for me to flirt with someone. You uh, know, it's not always okay. Okay. You know, it's not always... Not that it's threatening, but it's could be it could go too far okay. with someone at some point. Okay. Um, the issue is about the the biggest thing I think honestly and truly is that um, that my partner and I and many partners, many couples that I know of in the LGBT arena, they're very good communicators. Yeah. That's the issue. They're they're saying. Yeah, I told her she had nice breasts, but I'm here lying in bed with you. Yeah. And let's talk about how much I love you and let's be, you know, like very good communicators. Whereas I don't know that there's a lot of ease of communication in straight couples relationships. Interesting. I've, I've noticed that there's a lot of struggle. I mean, I think all couples struggle with communication. Right, right. But... I think that, you know, people worry about being honest mm-hmm. about those things. And once they set up the dynamic about worrying about being honest, they can never be honest again. Right. You know, and they have to continue the the sort of thing. You know, it's the, the sort of behavior that they've been having. I think that, you know, as I've grown, I mean, my relationship is almost eight years old. It's a pretty solid, yep. good relationship. And one of the things that we've really learned is that... If we're not communicating to each other, then that's where we get suspicious, we get resentful, we get, you know, we drive each other a little crazy. But if we're saying, hey, this bugs me, or hey, I'd like to make this different, or hey, that was a really good thing you did, or, you know, both positive and negative communication, making sure that that's clear, then we're never going to take each other for granted, which is a a kind of a separate issue, but we aren't going to take each other for granted. And when things like uh, uh, flirting happens, if I, if, because I'm way more likely to flirt with right. someone than Dan. I mean, Danielle uh-huh. flirts in a very coy way. She's yes. a very coy flirter. She'll wink across the room or whatever, but I'm sort of an aggressive flirter as Got it. can probably be imagined. You know, I may go too far with something. Uh-huh. She doesn't ever have to worry that, that, that she couldn't bring that up with me. Right. She could say to me, you know... What's going on there? What happened there? Can we talk about that? 
you know, yeah. and that. And what would trigger that? A jealousy or or um, or possessiveness or? Well, we've that's a good question. We've actually talked a lot about that in the in the recent past. Um, of feeling like struggling with feelings of possessiveness because right. it's, you know, we're both hardcore feminists and like we don't want to own each other. Yes. We don't want to feel like we own each other. So am I your possession? Are you my possession? Right. Um. And the answer to those que- that question is no. I'm abs- I'm a free human being to do whatever I choose, but because I care about her, I most often make the choice that is in her best interest. Also, got it. You know, but the where those feelings come from of of you know potential jealousy or potential whatever. You know, it's well, it comes from a place of insecurity. I'm sure for most of us. Um, and, you know, being envious is fine. Being jealous is dangerous. Because there's you know, a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. Jealousy means I don't want you to have it, but I want it for myself. Uh-huh. And envious means let's all have that. Uh-huh. I like that idea. Let's all have it. Uh-huh. Um, or, you know, and that can translate. And, you know, I really liked, th- I saw you flirt with Zoe, for example, uh-huh. and it was really sexy. Will you flirt with me that way sometime? Right. You know, and I can do that. Yeah. That's totally cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's all about communicating and knowing, getting to the point where you can identify what your needs are and be able to vocalize them. And I I think that a lot, like straight people, first of all, straight men, um, I'm going to be, they're in my my studies have shown (laughs) (laughs) that they're way more likely to, to have that possessiveness thing. Where they don't want their wife or girlfriend to look at another man or whatever. And if, perchance, she ever does have sex with another man, it's because he's set it up and he wants to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen a lot of that. And no, I'm not saying there aren't straight couples who are totally down, you know, with any kind of sexual activity, whatever. Um, But that's just been my experience that I've seen more of that or heard about more of that. That and it's just it's not based on communication and own honesty right. and openness. Right. It's based more on conquer. I, I, right. I mean, I, I guess that's the thing is that it, as we're talking further on this, I think I maybe set you up for. Uh, I, I maybe set you set set you up with the question um, improperly because maybe it really isn't straight couples or gay couples, but maybe those who um, are, are communicate um, and those mm-hmm. who don't. Because I'm also thinking of, like, there are um, straight couples that, like, for instance, there was a recent situation that I'm aware of where, the fr- where a friend of mine was taking out a straight couple on a regular basis out to dinner just because he enjoyed their company. Um, and they had just bought a house, so therefore it wasn't something that they could uh, do on a regular basis at the moment. They were trying to save all their money to kind of figure out what's mm-hmm. going on with their new house. Um, and the wife basically said to her husband, I guess you're going to have to put out tonight because this is the third dinner um, that he's <laughs> given us, uh, you know, in a row here. And I know he ain't going to be, he, he ain't interested in me, so you're going to have to put out like this. And the husband just kind of was just like, well, all right, if it's my turn. <laughs> like this, you know, he just didn't think anything yeah. of it. And he was like, all right, whatever. And it was very flirtatious, very kind of fun with it. Right, I mean, and right. of course, you know, the friend of mine got excited about it. But it was well, like, woo, sure. this is great. Like this. Yeah. And then 
realized, you know, but realized there was just really nothing. It wasn't going to go any further. Um, it was just a flirtatious thing. Mm-hmm. And it maybe just, it is a communication, yeah. a comfort level. And because when you were talking about how more men than women do the possessive thing, they really aren't honoring who each other are. Absolutely. Completely. That, you know, it's a trophy wife or a trophy husband or... Right. Um, and that they're not really, truly all of themselves within that relationship. Right. They're only part of themselves. And that being said, I also, I mean, not I do have a lot of exposure to insecure queer women who, you know, sink their claws into their girlfriend and like very seem very possessive um and so i don't mean to say that that doesn't happen because it certainly does you know i will say i think like flirting flirt with anyone whether you're in a monogamous relationship or otherwise is really healthy Uh i think it's an incredibly healthy thing to do now i don't encourage people to be sexually harassing like that's a totally different issue but flirting, here's why I think flirting because is Because you're helping. not equal then. I mean, that's right, the part where... Right, you're not equal. Yeah. Right, you're not equal. Um, the, the, here's the thing where I think why, why I think flirting is healthy. You know, I've been in re- this relationship with my wonderful, wonderful partner who I could not, I would not ask her to be different in any way. I love her very, very much um, for a long time. And, you know, there was a time in our relationship at the very beginning where... It was very exciting. It was very thrilling. It was very passionate and kind of crazy. And we wore each other out. And like that's sort that's of... That's wonderful. That's <laughs> awesome, right? And you know, that sort of... It doesn't go away. Right. But it becomes less intense. Yeah. Less yeah. less sort of urgent, I guess, yeah. is the thing. Like, yeah. um, Well, life gets in the way. Life gets in the way, right. And that's okay. I'm not complaining about it. But that's a really nice feeling, remembering yeah. those that excitement, having that feeling. And so and everybody likes to feel wanted yes. and flirted with and desired. And so flirting is a way to satisfy that and to sort of bring some of that flirtation back into an existing relationship. For example, I've been able to tell Danielle times when somebody has flirted with me, like said something they said to me about the way that I looked or the way that I dressed or I was funny or whatever. And I've said that to her and she's like, they're right. And then oh. like, she's like, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's totally, it's great to do that sort of stuff. And I think people who don't allow that to happen in their lives are really missing out. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, cause it's really fun and it's, I don't know. I mean, some people are not good at it, and I respect that, and don't feel comfortable doing it. Oh, like, yeah. Like, right. I have a friend who's a really good friend, um, who is quite handsome, also, you know, is funny, is, you know, ch- relatively charming, not, like, overbearingly charming, but relatively so. But she is very uptight about flirting, because she thinks people are going to think she's creepy. Oh. And so she doesn't, she's like, she doesn't want people to think she's all, uh, you know, whatever. And that's, so people who feel that way, I don't, you know, don't do anything that's not comfortable for you. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Because then then it is creepy. Then it is creepy, right. Then it is creepy for everybody. Yes. So, you know, some people have, but there are lots of different ways to flirt, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I think, I think it's really healthy. And if you're communicating and you're honest. Right. And then each, and, and you're honoring both 
party's entire in its entirety. You know, right. I guess the, the the thing is that there's there are folks that I do flirt with that are that are in a relationship. Um but I would never dream of ever breaking up that relationship. That if that ever right. came to that, oh, I'm the first one out. I'm like, oops, right. sorry, I went too far. I went too far then. Right. And I need to, I need to part. You know, right. because it's, I, I need to keep that coupling in, um, intact. Um, but I also, I guess, honor the fact that when I do flirt with them, that they're going to be honest with me. That if their relationship is not doing really well, that they're going to tell me. Um, mm-hmm. And there's and there's a certain situations where I've realized with this one particular couple that when the relationship is not doing well, oh no, I don't, I don't do the flirting. I mm-hmm. don't do. I more talk about how. Um, I guess for some reason I need to have them stay as a couple, so therefore. Um, I remind them of what the good things of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more complimentary, not flirting, I guess right. is what I'm trying to say. Um, but that's one of those things as I'm dating, I'm trying to really figure out is is because I'm getting really frustrated with the going out and then everybody's coupled. And it's like, oh, darn it. And then I leave the party right. and then find out it's like, oh, well, this couple really liked you. and And I'm like... Oh, I could I completely, you know, took them off the list because they were in a coupling, coupled relationship. Right. Where I'm really finding that just I, I need to really practice my flirting skills a little better. Um, you uh, can flirt with me anytime. Oh, uh, thanks, thank you, and uh, we'll have to practice on here. That's right. Um, and uh, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just trying to say, <laughs> oh, Christy, you have really cute toenails. <laughs> <laughs> the toe jam is really great. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm trying to be really gross at the same time. But anyway, um, and uh, that's not how you flirt. Yeah, I don't. FYI, <laughs> don't compliment the gross parts of someone. I really like that hanging out of your nose. It's yeah, really yeah, cute. Yeah, perfect. I've never seen anybody who could braid their nose hair. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, um. But anyway, so I was, so I, I'm just, and I'm realizing that as I'm going to more events where I'm trying to meet new people or meet people, um, that my own messages that I have for myself of what, what, um, who's, a, who am I allowed to flirt with and who I'm not allowed to flirt with or what I'm wanting and not wanting, mm-hmm. um, and being more, and I think that's the thing is I'm becoming more and more clear with what I want. And I think that that, as I'm looking at that, and as I'm seeing couples react uh, to to being flirted with, um, it, it just it, it just seems to be. And I also maybe I'm setting myself up in the sense that I'm going to parties where obviously that's what's going to be happening is flirting. So you do not show up to this party unless you're ready to flirt. Right. And so therefore, um, I'm thinking all so all the gay people that show up to these parties. Flirting is is a possibility. Where when I show up to the straight parties, that's not the option. That that isn't the reason for the party. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I'm seeing them not, or they're more offended when, you know, a woman or a man shows up in something a little revealing, if you will, and they're, you know, what right. are they doing here? And they're I very will, offended by that. I will give you a word of advice about the date, the flirting with couples, and not knowing if it's. I would venture to say 
at least in my experience, my studies have shown that it is often just got a text message. You sorry did. for the ding. No, it's all right. Um, that it is often um, safer to assume that an LGB or T couple uh-huh. is open to things other than their primary partner. Yes. Than it is to do that with straight couples. Yes. My experience is that because we already question sexuality and sex in our lives, yep. that we are not afraid to question it more. Yeah. And say, well, what is, why are we enforcing ourselves to be monogamous? Is there right. a reason that we do that? Right. Is there, you know, why should we do yeah. that? Um, and just asking those questions. And the maturity level around sexuality. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm finding is there's, if there's emotional, there's mental uh, maturity, there's emotional maturity, you know, there's got to be sexual maturity as well. Right. I mean, just in how somebody, I mean, I've already asked all my questions. I mean, that's one of the things why... Um, I think my family has a hard time with me being gay is not necessarily that I'm gay um, or I have that issue, but they're having the hard time because you found out that you were gay because you had to start asking the questions about sexuality and you were not taught as a kid to, to explore those mm-hmm. questions. You were to have be this cookie cutter, you know, straight life. Um, and you apparently asked yourself some questions that you were never supposed to ask. Right. Um, and so right. therefore that's why it's sinful. And I'm like, Really? So you never. So when I bring up questions like, yeah. So like when I bring up questions like, you know, your husband's dead um, for the last ten years. Do you think about remarrying? You know, or dating, um, or just having a gentleman partner? Um, It, it, it's, it's so shocking. It's so. Or when they find out that one of our relatives. does have a man on the side, but doesn't talk about it. Um, it's kept secret. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm just like, wow, the shame that's involved in that. Um, where rather to just saying, I'm having a really good time. I'm having fun right. with my gentleman, you know. And I'm not saying there's anything sexual happening right. with their gentleman caller, but they definitely, but they go out to the movies or they do things together. But none of us are ever invited, which is I think very funny. That is um, very funny. Um, but I think that that's. We've already asked the hard questions, and so we know what our boundaries are. Um, but I think, I, like I said, though, but I'm willing to also explore my boundaries and kind of know when to say no. Right. Absolutely. And because we already ask questions. Right. Which it's asking the questions is something that queer people are very comfortable with. Yeah. Because we've had to do. I mean, some. I mean, of course, we're speaking in generalizations, right? Well, no. I think I think that that's part of the coming out process. Yeah, I do I, too. You know, but I think I, I just want to. I said that because I think there are some queer people who never go beyond asking those questions. Oh, I see. They don't keep questioning. They're just like, that was enough hard work. Oh, I'm really? calling it. A, I'm calling a day. Wow. <laughs> but I do think, for the most part, a lot of us continue to make those questions. Yeah. You know, every day in our right. lives. Such a good topic, Dan. Yes. We didn't even get to talk about the 25 hottest musicals, greatest yes. musicals ever. Um, the first three but we'll of have which, to get to three those. five. You'll have to find out yeah, when you tune in next top, time. Three of the top five, four of the top five. No, three of the top five are my, some of my favorite movies ever. Oh, I see what you're trying to say. So, I was like, don't reveal them yet. I'm not going to reveal them yet. It'll be a future All right, show. So, thanks for tuning by to Closets. We'll see you the same time, same place next week, right? Yep. Keep questioning.
Thanks for tuning into Closets Are Foreclosed on WCBN FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. You can contact us by calling 734-763-3500. That's 